Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today pre-market podcast. My name is Henry Jennings and it is Wednesday the 28th of September. And as usual with all the information contained in this podcast, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast, of course. All right, well overnight we had a bit of a mixed session on the US markets. Uh, up and down. But uh, at the end of the day, the Dow Jones closed down 126 points, or 0.43 of a percent, to 29,135. Now, to put this in context, the Dow had a high of 400-odd points up, 398, and a low of 303 points down. So a relatively volatile session last night in the US, opening on its highs on the back of uh, a feeling that the market may well have been oversold, but all that enthusiasm dissipated uh, by the end of the day, closing down 126 points. NASDAQ, though, faring slightly better. We did see a little bit of support for some of the technology stocks. NASDAQ up 27 points, or 0.25%. 10,830, 10,830, the closing level there. And the S&P 500, pretty much in the middle for diddle, uh, 3,647, down a measly eight points. Once again, we saw that VIX index pushing higher, 32.6, up 1.1% for the US markets. Uh, The S&P 500 is now 24% below its record high set in January And the Dow is 21% below its all-time high. And the Nasdaq has fallen more than 33% since hitting that record back in November, nearly a year ago. So uh, the mighty well and truly have fallen in the US. And last night we did see some Fed speakers out and about as well, adding to the, uh, the, the rhetoric and the conversation about interest rate Rises. We also saw a little bit of data out last night, but we did see uh, the Fed's Chicago Evans saying he was cautiously optimistic the economy can avoid a recession, but said he's nervous about whether the Fed has waited long enough to adequately assess the impact of rate hikes and suggested the peak rate the Fed has set out may be restrictive enough. Against that background, we also saw James Bullard making a speech in London, and uh, he was a little more hawkish on interest rates, suggesting that the Fed's credibility was at stake. And there does seem to be no change in broader raise and hold and higher for longer messaging that we have seen out of the Fed speakers in recent times. In other news, BlackRock said many central banks aren't acknowledging the extent of recession needed to rapidly reduce inflation. And markets haven't priced that in, so we shun most stocks. Let's look at uh, the European markets, which, of course, have been uh, rocked by the latest that has been happening in the UK on the political front from that mini budget last week. The FTSE was down 36 points or 0.52 percent. The stock 600 down only one point or 0.13 percent to 388. Germany down 0.7. France down 0.3. Spain down 1 percent. Now, at the time that we closed last night, we did see Dow futures pointing to a pretty solid opening and also European futures showing a pretty solid opening. So that was a little disappointing across the board with those European markets. ASX 200 SPY futures 
showing a loss of 35 points or 0.5 of a percent. That was after that gain yesterday of uh, 27 points to 64.96 up 0.41. So it looks like we're going to be reversing all those gains that we saw yesterday. Looking across to the commodities, uh, one of the winners last night was the oil price. We saw Brent crude at 85.70, up 2.37%, or $1.98. WTI also doing well, up 2.26%, 1.74 bucks to 78.76. Some of the news coming out of Europe, gas prices pushing up again. There seems to have been a sabotage, that's, that's in inverted commas, a sabotage attack on the Nord Stream pipeline and bubbles of gas have seen have been seen in the Baltic Sea and ships told to avoid the area because of this gas bubble. And it does seem that there has been a sabotage of that Nord Stream pipeline as Europe heads into a winter of discontent based on those higher gas prices. Uh, certainly, uh, Germany suspects the damage was a result of sabotage, while the Kremlin wouldn't rule out sabotage, but it probably is self-sabotage from the Kremlin. But we shall see how that pans out. But certainly European energy prices remain a key focus for their economy. They have reduced their reliance on Russian gas considerably. But the question is, will it be enough to avert mass problems that they have in Europe this winter, especially if we get a bit of a cold snap? So that's not good. Also, the Bank of England last night has set the scene for a sharp increase in interest rates in early November, saying the government's debt-funded tax-cutting spree will require a significant monetary policy response. In commodities and other commodities, we had the gold price up 0.46 of a percent, $7.40 to $16.29. Good to see that gold price starting to at least stabilize on the back of that strong US dollar, uh, which did come off uh, a little bit in terms of uh, the US dollar index pretty much unchanged, which is good to see. Uh, for uh, some time, but the gold price a little bit better. We also saw copper down 0.24%, nickel down 2.7%. So nickel has continued to be quite volatile to the downside. Aluminium down 0.75%, zinc down 1.6%. Iron ore pretty much unchanged, down 0.3%. In Dalian futures yesterday, it was up 1.7%. Coal up 2%. So uh, that was doing quite well. Looking at our mining sector overseas, uh, BHP ADRs are up 2.17%, Rio up 2.26%. That follows on from that good performance from Rio and BHP yesterday in our market. Not sure if we're going to continue that today in the face of those falls in the Dow and maybe continued caution in other mining stocks overseas. Freeport McMoran up 1.4%, Alcoa up 0.7%. Glencore up 3.3, Anglo-American up 1.6, Arbor in the lithium space up 1.8% there. In other news last night in the US, we did see uh, some data out as well there last night. And uh, we saw, let's just get it up. We saw consumer confidence improving for the second straight month in September and durable goods orders were down for the second straight month in August, although slightly better than expected and core capital goods orders strongest since April 2021. New home sales surprised to the upside in August and Richmond Fed manufacturing improved in September. So it is a bit of a mixed bag in terms of data, but plenty of CPIs coming from the European Union this week. And also we get our first uh, read on a monthly basis of our own CPI. So that will certainly be quite interesting to see today. 
Uh, in other US stocks last night, uh, just to give you an idea of what was going on, Apple was up 0.66%, Meta down 1.4%, Google down 0.7%, Microsoft down 0.4%, Amazon down 0.6%, Tesla having a good day up 2.5%, Netflix up 0.13%, US banks though slipping, sliding away, JP Morgan down 09 Citigroup similar, Goldman 1.1%, Bank of America 1.5%, the artist formerly known as Square Block was up 1.7% last night, and Twitter up 1.4% as well. So a little bit of a mixed bag coming out of the US, that's for sure. In uh, other news, a big headline, Hurricane Ian. It's got a quite a, a calming name, really. Ian, it's certainly not very threatening. But it is poised to become one of the costliest storms in US history. I think it'll be about the sixth costliest in US terms. Uh, threatening to slam... Florida's western coastline with a devastating wind, so watch out for that one. Looking at the insurance sector there, QBE probably will have some exposure for that. And another news, overseas demand for goods from China is weakening, one official from the Commerce Ministry said, as the global economy slows. So the country should expect foreign trade to grow in the second half of the year. Looking locally in early news that's out so far this morning uh, in the newspapers in the AFR, the Nearmap deal, NEA, the stock code there, may not be a done deal as some shareholders are pushing back on the Thomas Bravo bid. Now, you will remember that the Thomas Bravo bid was $2.10, currently stock trading at $2.04. So it's proving a little hard to justify uh, a higher bid from anybody with the stock price trading below. But uh, one or two shareholders at the moment suggesting that that is way too low for uh, selling the company out. But uh, as I say, trading below that price. So that is something to bear in mind. And Macker investors have been told that the Thies bid is now unconditional. Uh, that's despite the mining group failing to get at least half of the Perth-based company's shares by the self-imposed deadline. That was a $367 million takeover bid. In the newspapers as well today, REITs. Not always an easy market to be in with higher interest rates around, but that does look as if they're seriously under pressure today and have been for a little while. Of course, the um, the big daddy there is uh, the likes of Goodman Group, which has been uh, certainly sold off quite considerably in the last month. Bear in mind as well that the last month, that big fall that we've seen in the index, around 8 8.5% and the ASX 200 there were an awful lot of dividends that were paid out in that month. So that's something to bear in mind. Uh, the market effectively went ex-dividend in September, and uh, certainly that's something uh, that you need to factor into your calculations in terms of uh, share prices because capital gains and, and income from shares um, are part of the same equation. So uh, dividends being paid out in September and, of course, early in October also uh, part of the equation. Poor old Magellan Financial, though, can't turn a trick. Yesterday, uh, they were downgraded by one of its biggest supporters, which is Morningstar. They slashed the investment manager's valuation and downgraded its long-standing economic moat rating. I'm not sure Magellan has much of a moat if they have the drawbridges well and truly down and the barbarians are well and truly at the gate. Um, and it has dropped its fair value estimate of Magellan by 30% to 20 bucks. And former Future Fund chief Mark Burgess has warned investors it may be too dangerous to aggressively buy the dip as U.S. share markets aren't cheap enough. But he also went on to say that he saw um, 
the bear market in stocks should be relatively short-lived. Mr. Burgess, Mark Burgess, who was the head of the Australian Sovereign Fund. I don't know why we call it the Sovereign Fund, but anyway, it's not the same as uh, a true Sovereign Wealth Fund. Uh, he was uh, the head there until 2014. Question of the day today. Given I've just come back from overseas where your dollar doesn't buy you quite so much in terms of the US dollar, that's for sure. But in terms of the pound and in terms of the euro, it is pretty good still, uh, especially in terms of the pound. If you're spending money in the UK uh, with the current exchange rate, you'll be a very happy bunny. Tempering that, of course, unfortunately, is the fact that UK inflation is 9.9%. And you do really feel that when you go to the pub and you buy a pint of beer which can be anything from £6 to £10 or £11, depending on the quality and the upmarketness of the pub you're visiting. So the question of the day today, which I'll put up on Facebook, is how low will the Aussie dollar go against the US dollar? How low will the Aussie dollar go against the US dollar? Of course, it is the end of the September quarter coming up, so there might be some index rebalancing. The quarterly ends for the big ones, uh, March, June, uh, September, December, can throw up some interesting opportunities. So keep your eye on that one. And of course, on Monday, it is a New South Wales holiday. So the markets will be quite quiet then. But until then, plenty of data to drop, plenty of volatility to come. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening and have a great day.